Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, your home for inspiration and encouragement from missionaries around the world. Join us each week to hear what God is doing and to learn how you can be involved wherever you are in whatever God has called you to do. Whether you're a full-time missionary or are called into the marketplace, you have a home here. We're all in this together. Okay, let's get started. I'm eager to bring you this week's guest, Corbin Barber. Corbin graduated from high school last year and went almost directly into Youth with a Mission, YWAM. After completing the study portion of his discipleship training school, DTS, he and the team he was on went to Uganda. His team just returned to the States a few weeks ago, and I've been hoping to get him on the show ever since. In the past few weeks, we've heard from people currently on the mission field, some who have transitioned into the marketplace or who lead missions-related organizations in the U.S., but Corbin is our first guest who has returned from a short-term trip so recently. Okay, Corbin, I've given a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and your ministry. We want to get to know you personally. Okay. Well, as you said, uh, my name is Corbin Barber. Uh, I I graduated last year, um, last May, and uh, September 22nd began my discipleship training school uh, with YWAM. It's a five-month program. Uh, The first three months is in, uh, well, my DTS the first three months uh, was in Adams, Tennessee, um, little hole all place, middle of nowhere. And um, I spent three months there uh, learning more about the heart of God. And then we did a two-month outreach uh, to put what we learned to the test, um, to put it into practice uh, in, in Uganda. And my team was actually, we traveled Uh, all over Uganda, preaching the gospel and and just really serving people. Well, thanks, Corbin. Now that we know you a little, can you share with us a scripture or a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you, and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Yes. um, In the very beginning of our trip, I was reading through Acts, and there's a part where Peter and his buddies are out preaching the gospel, and they get captured by uh, the spiritual or the religious leaders, and they are brought into uh, the, the city court, I guess, and um, they are beaten and then told not to preach the gospel ever again, uh, and then they're sent out, and they're, they're beaten to the point of almost death. Um, and as, as they walk away, they, they kind of look at each other, and they're, they're, uh, they're kind of coming to the realization that we just suffered for the gospel. So God must see us worthy enough to suffer for the gospel. So as I was reading this, I I really just asked myself, like, 
how far am I willing to go before uh, before the gospel becomes not real enough for me to uh, keep walking out in faith and and to keep uh, pressing on. And how has that shaped your behavior over the last few months? <laughs> well, while while I was uh, in in Uganda, I I started off with a sinus infection and then stomach bug, uh, and then I started getting planners warts and ringworm. Uh, and I just hit every, every sickness that, that that's out there. I, it seemed that I got, and the whole time I, I would, I just tried to keep a positive attitude and, and really just constantly ask myself, okay, how, how far am I willing to go before, you know, it becomes not worth it anymore. And so it, it really just helped me, uh, keep hold of a, a positive attitude and to just keep going and wake up every morning saying, okay, we're, we're here for a reason. Um, am I really going to let the devil win with all these sicknesses? Um, and, and so I just got up every morning and we just went out and preached the gospel. Wow. That is a a great lead into our next section Mm -hmm. where we talk about challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, as we know, not everybody's life is just easy and happy. In fact, everybody has challenges. So as we get started in this, we want to hear about a time in your journey when you encountered a significant challenge or a failure, whether it's you know the, the illnesses that you were just talking about or something else, share with us a time when God really came through, whether it was a time when your back was against the wall and you needed a breakthrough, or whether you were praying for somebody else. Paint us that picture of God's faithfulness. Take us to that time in your life and share with us the stories and, and the lessons learned. Long story short, uh, at, the, at the end of our trip, I was on crutches because I decided to go to the doctor and he decided to do surgery. And well, we were, uh, we were out preaching the gospel one day and I, I was climbing up a hill, uh, me and two other teammates were, and we get to this lady's house and we sit down with her and, uh, we preach gospel to her and she sits there and she says, okay, I would like to, I would like to accept the gospel. And immediately I needed to use the restroom because I was having stomach issues, uh, as a lot of missionaries do when they go to Africa. And, uh, so I, I asked her, I said, Hey, um, do you, do you have a toilet? I, I need to use it immediately. And she said, yeah, it's around back. So I go out, uh, go use it, come back. And then she says, you know, I want to accept the gospel and I want it to be real to me because I see, um, I, I look at you and I see that you're on crutches and, and you've been attacked with uh, a stomach bug and other people come and, and they preach the gospel to me, but it doesn't seem real to them. So how, how, why should it be real to me if it's not real to them? And it, it just hit me and I was like, Oh, that's a good question. And, um, she said, uh, but I, I want it to be real to me. Like it's real to you. So, um, so like I, I want to walk this out and I, I want to actually be a Christian and have a relationship with God. And I was like, that's insane. That's awesome. And my, uh, my translator, he said, uh, you know, you are on crutches for a reason. You've had this surgery for a reason. There's a reason you're walking through this. And I was like, yeah, there is. Holy cow. Um, and he said uh, something along the lines of um, – so when it gets when it gets tougher, know it's for a reason because people can can see God when you are walking through this and and keep a mind on Him. 
You know, your your story reminds me so much of the the stories I used to hear when I was growing up. Uh, frankly, the ones that scared me a bit about uh, <laughs> the potential of being any kind of minister of the gospel. But also, just can't forget about the amazing things that God does with these challenges. And oh, it's, yeah. ju- it's just exciting to hear what he's done with yours. Now we're moving to the other end of the spectrum. Just as we all have challenges, there are those times when we have moments of revelation. Share with us a time in your journey when that happened. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took to turn a light bulb moment into success. While we were preparing uh, for the trip, we we were planning to do this project uh, called Aquaponics, and it's it's a self sufficient self sufficient uh, farming technique um, that we we were gonna set up while we were over there. And we, we were really excited to do this, and we raised the money for it, and we were praying over it, and we really felt like, man, this is why we are going. And then we get there, and we complete it, and then we kind of look around and realize, wait, Uganda is – the place we were at was very, very green, and the, the ground was very fertile. And we were just kind of wondering, like, man, do they, do they really need this? And we, uh, we just, <laughs> just kind of looked at each other, and we were talking, and we were like, man, this – Maybe this isn't why we're here, and um, and it it just kind of destroyed our plans for the rest of the trip because we we really were wondering like, um, okay, if if this wasn't why we are here, why are we here? Maybe our agenda is different than God's agenda. So we really just left our plans open the rest of the trip so God could move through it, and so we weren't completely locked into uh, our plans and our ideas. So it. Uh, I guess uh, going into it, we had this idea of you know why we're here, what we're gonna do, and then God just was like, "Okay, maybe your idea isn't as good as my idea," and so we we just tried to um, take that on from that point. Well, isn't that so often the case that uh, God's plan isn't exactly the same as ours, but that He'll use our plans to get us in place for what He wants to do with us. And with that, we're going to move to the present day. We'd like to hear about what's going on in your life and ministry right now. Something that's really exciting you, maybe something that you see coming in the future. I, uh, I completed my discipleship training school with YWAM, so I am no longer uh, technically with YWAM. Um, I am back home. I've been back home for about two months now and uh, really, really just trying to see what's next, see, see where God wants me to go next. Um, but at the same time, I really don't want to be, want this to be a time of, okay, I'm just raising money for whatever's next. I really want this to be purpose driven and, and really trying to find God's heart on things and trying to continue to, to share with people, um, encourage them, build them up. Um, I have no idea what, what's next. Um, but that doesn't mean that God, you know, can't use me while I'm here. That's exactly the truth. What was one thing that you learned, either about yourself or about God, while you were on your recent trip to Uganda? Um, I, I guess I realized that I was better equipped than I thought I was. Before we went over there, I was, I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to share the gospel with people. That's a scary thing. Um, but then when we got there, we would be done, and I would say, wait, what? That, you know, that was it? Can, can we keep going? Um, we we would do crusades where we set up uh, sound equipment and preach in city centers and uh, see sometimes five people. I think at one point we saw like forty something people come come to salvation and and 
the excitement that built up just was so inexplainable, I guess. Can you tell us about one of those experiences, one of those times when you were setting up for a crusade and God just really kind of wowed you? One one day we were uh, on an island in the middle of Lake Victoria, um, and we were the only white people on the on the whole island. Um, and we we go to set up for a crusade, and we're working with um, one of the local ministries there. Um, and there's a little boy. Uh, who was mentally ill, um, like mentally disabled. And he, he comes walking into where we were set up and I was, we were kind of just watching him and, uh, he's, I think a 12 year old. We were just kind of talking to him. He, he wasn't really responding. Um, but me, me and my leader, Anthony, uh, walk over to go pray for this guy, uh, who had a withered leg, and while we were there, we, we prayed for his leg to be healed, and it wasn't actually healed, um, but he, he wanted to accept salvation. So that, that's a big go-God moment. Um, but while, while we were over there praying, uh, the little boy, his name is Stephen, he fell down and had a seizure in, in the middle of everyone. And um, before, before this, this happened, my leader came to me and said, Hey, I want you to speak something before, you know, we share the gospel, go encourage them or or say something. And I had no idea what to say. I was like, uh, okay. So then, then we go to pray for this man with the leg. Didn't see his leg healed. I was completely discouraged. He did accept salvation though. So that was, it was really cool to see, but I was almost disappointed just because I didn't get to see his leg grow back. But then while we finish, we go sit down with the rest of our group and they tell us that this little boy had a seizure and um i look around and the christians that we were working with were all laughing at the little boy because he had just had a seizure and um we asked them why they were laughing and they said oh it's funny because he's sick and that at that moment i just got really really outraged and i i and at that moment i was supposed to go up and speak to the Christians and, and non-Christians and, and try to encourage them. And I grabbed the mic and I ended up just like, I, I, I just started speaking my feelings. And then I really felt the Holy Spirit just kind of, I don't want to say um, possess me, but he, he definitely moved me and, and inspired the things I was supposed to say. And I ended up just um, talking for 15 minutes, this really convicting even to me, this really convicting message, and that it was all about um, you call yourself Christians, but you're you're laughing at this sick person who you're called to lay hands on and, and command to be healed. Um, and I mean, I finish, and I was just kind of blown away. I was, what did I just say? Um, that that was insane. And uh, I walk over and I just kind of sit down. And I'm like kind of remembering some of the, some of the points that I said. Um, but my, uh, my teammates kind of, kind of filled in the blanks, I guess. And, and it was just, holy cow, what, what just happened. Um, and, and our leader goes up to preach the gospel and we see 40 something people come up and get saved. And then the Holy spirit started moving and people were, uh, on there and he's getting delivered from alcohol and uh, 
and and it, it was just insane. We people were speaking in tongues who had never even heard the gospel, and it was just there's no words for it. It it was just insane. Um, so I guess God really moved because I I was doubting myself, had no idea what to say, and He just really provided something for me to say. And I guess I immediately got to see the fruit of it, and it, it was just. I mean that that doesn't happen on every outreach, though. So. Yeah, but but thank you for sharing that with us. You know, yeah. sharing those kinds of raw emotions and those kinds of experiences can be challenging. So I really want to thank you for for opening that up. I really do appreciate that. I'm sure that there are some people listening who already support a missionary financially or in prayer, mm-hmm. but they want to do more. If they really wanted to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to support or encourage a missionary? I absolutely love. Uh, my financial sponsors, my, my financial supporters, but um, it means a whole lot more when, when those financial supporters come up to me and say, okay, uh, you know, let me, let me take you out to lunch. I want to hear about your experiences. I want to I hear what you're going through. I want to talk because even though, you know, they're supporting a missionary who's, who's out there in, in the world uh, trying to do the work of God, a lot of times people put us up on this pedestal and really, we really just need someone to talk to someone to say, Hey, let me buy you lunch. Let me um, sit down and and let's actually have a conversation. That means the world to me. I've heard similar things from other missionaries as well. So thanks for sharing that. And with that, it's time for us to transition to the speed round. This is where (laughs) I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us quickly with your short and amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? We'll try. What's one thing you wish that you could have known before you started out? Uh, that when I come back, I've, I'll be different, but, but everyone around me won't be. Um, so try not to preach at them, but try to love them and, and show them that you're different through uh, subtle ways. You know, that's something that my wife mentioned was difficulty, re-entry. You go away for a couple months and have this experience, and just coming back can be a real challenge. What's the best advice you've ever received? Just before we left, um, someone said, hey, even... Uh, even when you're doing the aquaponic system and doing like service projects, don't lose sight of the gospel. Um, don't lose the mindset of we're, we're here for the gospel. We're, we're trying to spread the gospel. What's one meaningful thing that someone did to encourage, support, or bless you? I mean, there, there's been a lot, whether it be uh, my fin- financial supporters saying, hey, let me just randomly give you this check even though you're not on the mission field anymore. Um, but then there's also been people who say, Hey, how was your day? And I'm like, oh, just, you know, it was good. But then they kind of stop me and they say, no, really, like, tell me how your day was. What'd you go through? So that I think that's, uh, that's the best, most uplifting thing in the world. Somebody who just says, no, really, how's it going? Yeah. No, really, how are you? Yes. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to your success? One, one thing that's, that was really kind of uh, instilled in me uh, during my DTS was every morning, every single morning we got up and uh, we had base-wide quiet time. So for almost an hour, uh, you were not allowed to talk to anyone. You you were supposed to be out of bed, showered, up and ready for the day, and you were you were supposed to go out and read your Bible and pray and just talk to God. And so that, that really just got uh, me in the habit of, at some point in my day, like I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm just going to kind of shut down my my mind and and really just focus on uh, what God is trying to say to me. What what He's trying to tell me. 
Do you have an internet resource that you use and can share with our listeners? I guess Facebook, honestly, um, may seem like a dumb answer, but really when, when I was, when I was gone, I was on Facebook about once a week, um, trying to contact family, trying to let everybody know, Hey, I'm still alive. Uh, even though I almost lost a foot, like we're good. So keep praying. What is one book that you would recommend for our listeners? I used the book of Romans in the Bible um, a lot while I was over there to to really encourage people, tell them um, a lot of them would say, okay, I want to be a Christian, what now? And we would, for the ones who knew the gospel, we would give them uh, the book of Romans, like different chapters in it. Uh, the ones who, who grew up in the church and kind of fell back, we, we said, okay, read the book of Romans. Um, it's got great foundational uh, values that you need to, to live with. Uh, but other, other than, you know, the Bible, uh, I, I really don't read, honestly. I, that may seem very, very Christian thing of me to say, but I, I just, I've never really read anything. That's not true. I have read before. That made me sound stupid, but um, I, I don't read on a regular basis. Have you ever considered listening to books? I'm just asking because one of the things that I've found very effective in my life is listening to audiobooks. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, I'll use my commute to and from work to to listen to books. Actually, the first book I ever got for audio, I actually got the whole Bible. And when I oh, signed wow. up, I was able to get it for free. So I had an entire version of the Bible that I got for free. And for a long time, one year, that was my commute to and from work. Every morning I was listening to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians just over and over and over again, because that's where I felt like I was supposed to be in the Bible. Now, as we transition to our last question, uh, I also want to let everybody know that all the resources that came up today and any of the notes from the from the show will be at engagingmissions.com slash Corbin Barber, and that's C-O-R-B-E-N-B-A-R-B-E-R. That's engagingmissions.com slash Corbin Barber. So, Corbin... This last question is a little bit tricky, so if you need to, take a minute and think about it, and then come back at us with your answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new country where you knew nobody. You still have your experience and knowledge, your food and shelter are covered, but all you have is a laptop and $500 U.S. What do you do in the next seven days? Um, I guess if I'm just dumped in some random country, I would probably take the first day uh, just to uh, try to acclimate myself to, to the culture, to the, to the food, to the, uh, different time zone if it's in one. Um, and I I would really just try to get myself adjusted, but I would try to take no longer than, than a day to do so. Um, otherwise you can get in the habit of, Oh, let's sleep in four hours. So the first day would be just trying to get myself acclimated, but then I would try to hit the ground running the day after try to get myself active um, out in the in the marketplace or in in the neighborhood, trying to say, "Okay, God, why am I here? Like, why why'd you dump me here?" So you know your your answer so far is really similar to what Brent Basler mentioned uh, in last week's interview. Uh, he said that it's really critical to remember that the first week that you're there really sets the precedent for the rest of the time that you're in a new place. Yes. And your answer absolutely nails that on the head. One day to acclimate myself and then six more days to get out into the community and the marketplace and start meeting people. So right. it's a very intriguing answer. Would you have any use for the laptop and the, and the money? For me, the laptop wouldn't be a very big thing. 
Um, I, it'd probably stay in my suitcase the whole time, but the money I would, uh, probably try to preach the gospel to people and then get Bibles to them. I think that would, that would definitely go the farthest. Now, Corbin, we're almost done with our time together. Will you share with us one last piece of advice and the best way for us to get in touch with you? Then we'll say goodbye. The best way to get in touch with me is, uh, either Facebook, uh, just Facebook my name, add me, or email me at corbin.barber at gmail.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-N period B-A-R-B-E-R at gmail.com. Okay. And what's that one last piece of advice? Uh, what, what somebody told me at one point, uh, never lose sight of the gospel, um, even, even upon reentry, uh, upon coming home. Don't lose sight of the gospel because there's people all around you who um, are hungry for the things you've learned, but they they just don't know that what they're hungry for. So they just continue to live a complacent life that they're dissatisfied with. Um, so so be watching out for those people and and don't be afraid to um, look like a fool. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Corbin. We really appreciate your time and your generosity. Thank you, Brian. That ends our time with Corbin Barber. I want to thank him again for taking the time to be with us, and I'd ask that you join him in prayer as he's seeking God's will for what he should do next. And I especially want to thank him for his willingness to share some very poignant stories. It's not always easy to process and share what God has done. As you know, I have all the resources Corbin mentioned in the show notes page at engagingmissions.com slash Corbin Barber, or if it's easier for you to remember, engagingmissions.com slash EM007, as in episode 7. And if you've never tried listening to a book, don't forget that you can get the Bible or any other book absolutely free by trying audible.com. You can claim your free book at audibletrial.com slash engage. That's audibletrial.com slash engage. If you haven't already subscribed to the Engaging Missions radio show, you'll definitely want to do that. I already have some more great guests lined up, and that's the best way to make sure you don't miss our interviews with missionaries from Zimbabwe and Israel over the next few weeks. Finally, it would really mean a lot if you would help us spread the word. If you absolutely loved Corbin's interview, please let friends know about this show. And take a minute to leave us an honest rating and review. That's the easiest way for us to get stories like Corbin's into the hands and ears of people we haven't met yet. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. I have a brand new video up there. In about two and a half minutes, you'll learn all that you need to know about how to leave a killer rating and review for this show or any other podcast you love. That's engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. And if you do, please be sure to grab a screenshot of yourself leaving that rating and review and email it to me. You can email it to ratings at engagingmissions.com. I'll make sure that it's featured on our ratings, Pinterest board, and on the website. Thanks so much for joining us for the Engaging Missions radio show. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.